Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I know today we get to talk about a topic that's fun for us. Not that they all aren't, listeners, but <laughs> we are we're kind of tech nerds in our own way. So Lisa, who are we talking to today? So we have a, a friend. I know that shocks you. <laughs> we always say everybody's our friend. No offense, Rachel. Uh, but we have with us today our friend, uh, Dr. Rachel Hellett-Taguna, who is going to be talking to us a little bit about our work with coding with little kids. I want to say that one more time, coding with little kids. So yeah, Rachel, I can't wait to hear. Um, tell me how you got started with this topic in general. So in general, I uh, the school that I worked at, or yes, that I worked at, um, Goldsboro Elementary Magnet School in Sanford um, is a STEM magnet school. And so our sort of challenge is to find new and unique ways to bring STEM to our kids um, from kindergarten to fifth grade. So I was a space lab teacher, uh, which is the best job ever, except yeah. for my current one, Dr. Deeker. Um, <laughs> but it's a very cool job because the kids would come to me and I had to find ways to build curriculum that would engage them in STEM and also in a space context. And so through that, I sort of started using drones and other devices um, that help them uh, with the coding portion. Seminole County has a very uh, strong push for coding in all grade levels. And so that was sort of all went together. Love it. So can you tell us a little bit about, I, I think we're really fascinated with all of it, but I really would love to hear about how you help elementary teachers uh, think about, and if you, if I were a new elementary teacher, how I might get coding and maybe this club format that you're doing into my school, my classroom. And remember, you know, we got colleagues across the country. How might we spread these great ideas that you're doing across the country? Awesome. So my sort of push was to make it content-based because we put so much on elementary teachers. I didn't want this to be one more thing. I wanted it to be um, a way to support content, a way for kids to access content um, in a way that was new and unique and different. So one of the ways um, that I talked to when I trained the teachers that I worked with on using the drones, for example, um, was we talked about putting like vocabulary words on the floor and then you give them a definition and the kids would have to fly the drone to the word and land it on it. Um, it's just a new and unique way to do that. Um, for me, I kicked it up a notch. Um, we talk in fourth grade about um, things landing on Mars and we've talked about the distance that, the, that you can't immediately communicate with anything from Mars and it takes about 15 minutes for anything to get there. And so that's when we learned about coding versus flying because they all want to remote control fly it, but you can't remote control something and then send a signal 15 minutes away. So we talked about the logic and the sequence and there's a lot of math involved <laughs> in coding a robot, um, knowing how far, how fast, there were angles, it was all kinds of great stuff. Um, and so it supported the math. They had to write out their plan. It supported like logical sequencing of events. Um, and then the club was just sort of this extra awesome thing um, at, that the Orlando Science Center puts together and they give little tasks for the kids to compete in. And one of them was an actual, it's a, I think it's called a B-Bot, little robot. It looks like a bee. Um, and they had to drive it through this path. Um, and our kids, because this is something they've been um, very proficient in for a while. Um, they they said, we have to go down this path, we have to park it. And my little team of kindergartners were like, can we park it backwards? Because that's, <laughs> we, we can 
we can do that. And so they were sure. And they added like a little couple extra lines of code to turn it around and then pull it in backwards. Um, and so it's just a great sort of um, cross connection between math and literacy and then just the excitement of the technology piece. Well, you know, we all are wrapped up in the excitement of the technology, but not everybody is. <laughs> so um, Rachel, tell me why it's important for young kids today to learn these types of skills. Great question. So we talk to the kids about just about every job now has is going to have a technology component, whether it's just a computer or whether it's straight up com, um, coding. Um, and what we talk about them with is even as a teacher, learning how to navigate the technology helps me do my job better. It helps me not limit myself to uh, I can only use a marker and a whiteboard. I can it helps me go out and find resources that are out there and understand it. Um, enough to be able to apply it. So we try to tell the kids we aren't, we don't know necessarily what the technology is going to look like in the future. Uh, but if you get comfortable with it, if it's something that you aren't afraid of, um, which again, I think our generation is the last sort of fear of technology because we didn't start off with it. The kids are, I, they always laugh and I'm like, yeah, I didn't have a cell phone until I was in college. <laughs> the thing, they were this big. Um, and so I think we're getting to that point of our students are comfortable, whether they know how to use it or not, they don't have that fear that we had. And so getting them to see all the different types opens up just so many opportunities for them. And then as teachers, it opens it up for us so that when something new and unique comes down, we're not afraid to try it. Yeah, it's funny because when you said cell phone, I was like, oh, yeah, I had a bag phone. I don't know if anybody else remembers a bag <laughs> phone, but you about. carried it around and plugged it into your car and you could call once if you were lucky. But exactly. anyway, you must have been rich. I must have been rich. Yeah, yeah, that was it. No, I married rich. So, yeah, anyway, that's my husband's name. So that's a good laugh for you. But anyway. Um, you know, I love that concept that you said about fear, because I think that same concept of fear happens, too, of, of allowing some students with disabilities. I, and when you said kindergarten, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, let's take kindergartners. And, you know, uh, we had a doc student here. His dissertation was focused on teaching kindergartners to program with Down syndrome using robots. And so talk to me about how in this club or in your work in the lab, not only have you been inclusive, but how do you help teachers when there's this, uh, I don't think you mean that kid. Uh, what's been your approach to that <laughs> in the work that you've been doing? So mine, I have tried, uh, because the best part was um, the, the students with disabilities would come with a peer group. So they would always come to me embedded with a, a larger group and I had the best fun mixing them up and giving them that opportunity to kind of show their strengths and a lot of times the creative technology hands-on pieces that's where they shine because a lot of my I always used to say oh I know my gifted kids because they would get stuck in trying to make it perfect but then my other kids were so creative and so out of the box thinking that they would just jump right in and end up being more successful because they didn't have that initial okay I've got it it's got to be perfect right away they're like oh this is new let me just try this so I used to love especially the young ones 
um, giving them things like the little, and, and a lot now is so um, touch-based and, and visual. Um, the one that we used was Tinker, and Tinker, the programming, you just literally drag it over and it says, uh, like, go forward, and you dragged over, go forward. And so it, it made it more accessible. It wasn't like coding language. They didn't have to type in complex sequencing. Um, and I know there are others out there that have like a nice picture base, so it's not limited by their reading level. It's not limited by um, comprehension. They can really um, go at it. And so, yeah, the teachers luckily would come with their class to my room and they would get to see it. And that was some of the most eye-opening for them is because there, there were kids that they were afraid to give things or afraid to try things with. Um, and they would see it happen in my lab and then they would be like, oh, well, okay, we can do that then because they're doing it here. Well, Rachel, I'm going to I'm going to give my final question because we are practical access. Can do you have some specific uh, resources you could share with us? Maybe a maybe a sample curriculum. Is there something uh, that's a go-to for me as a teacher if I'm maybe fearful, but I'm ready to try it or I'm willing to try doing some coding with elementary age kids? Where do I start? So coding is, I mean, Tinker is my favorite go-to. It's got lots of free, there is some paid for, but there's lots and lots and lots. They have um, daily like um, sample lessons and they can be downloaded onto any iPad for free. That's where I started. I was not a coding person. Um, I actually, when I was working um, at the district office, I started with something called uh, Jupyter Notebooks, which is like true coding. I would not go there. That's a little overwhelming. Uh -huh. But Tinker is really good. I know our school also uses code.org, which is another really cool free resource um, that's meant for young kids. And so they, they have like um, really cute characters and like the ones that we used in Tinker have like the little alien that had a hop over like uh, rocks and had to make it back to his ship. And they're really like just very engaging. And like I said, a lot of drag and drop, a lot of touch, a lot of real visual things that can happen. And I would recommend as a teacher trying it out first um, and then making sure you know what to do because that's what I had to do. I was like, Ooh, I got that drone in my hand. I said, I have no idea what I'm doing, um, but went through and kind of learned what the different, um, there's like 12 sets of um, instructions, we only needed the one. So I was like, let me learn that one and try not to do everything. Um, all the curriculum I use, I made for me, um, but it's it's nothing that can't be done by any teacher. Just taking the tool and thinking, how can I um, adjust this uh, to make it fit my needs? But like I said, those two, code.org and Tinker would be the two that I would go to that I use the most as far as very accessible and very easy to use um, for those of us that are not um, coding experts. Well, I, my last question for you is kind of taking the practical approach in a different way, but I'm a parent. I don't have technology in my home. I don't like technology. I don't even know what to do with it. And I have a kindergartner who's a struggling learner. Where, where, how could I do coding without needing, teaching the skills of coding without needing to go spend a lot of money and try to retrain myself because I'm busy and I'm working, you know, full time. Where, where do I start as a parent if maybe I have more limited options? So super great question. Um, and this goes along kind of with what Seminole County, the district has been trying to do, but 
getting the kids to see that coding is really a sequencing, is really coming up with directions in a particular sequence with sufficient detail so that the thing you're coding will do what you want it to do. And so, and this is an activity that's been around forever, but like that whole tell me how to make a peanut butter sandwich activity, um, that teachers have used it forever. And so the kids will say, put the peanut butter on bread and you put the whole jar of peanut butter onto the piece of bread. So simple things like that. As a parent say, I need to do this task. I need to mow the lawn today. Can you tell me what are the steps I should do? How fast should I drive? Or how long do you think it'll take? Or have them, it could be literally doing the dishes. Um, how um, fast should I go? How many plates do you think will fit in there and have the kids kind of write out the instructions and then you as a parent follow them and just get them to see um, the, the, the concept of sequencing, the concept of the timing, the math that's involved, and, and it allows you to sort of interact without there being any technology involved at all. I love that idea. I'm going to flip it, though. I think the kid writes the directions and the kid mows the lawn and does the dishes, just so you know. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> show me your code. Act it out for me. <laughs> so, yeah, now that you've written it, now can you please show it to me? Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing those great, wonderful, practical ideas. And if you have questions for us, please send them to our Facebook page, or you can send us a tweet at Access Practical. Thank you again, Rachel, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you thank both you. for having me.